across the neck so you put it pop that's beautiful that's what i'm talking about Was his big mistake. Yes, boys. What's good? Triple threat. Yes. Mamey Triad. Vina, match day. Take a chance. A chance. Oh, we must have some other stuff. Ramdenu, take any Vina on that. We're match day. I'm a tenth degree black. Oh, we're back and we are live, boys. Yo, we were we were here. I was listening to some uh, funny shit. George was telling us drunk people and assholes going into his gym. I want to hear this, George. Please tell us about that incident. Well, you know, guys, I have a gym out here, MMA, uh, boxing, uh, jiu-jitsu, Jupiter Muay Thai and MMA Academy in Jupiter, Florida. And, you know, people come by sometimes in the, in, in the shopping center. There's restaurants. And it's been a pretty much any gym. If you work at a gym, you know once in a while some crazy guy is going to come in there and basically either challenge or say that he's like used to be the world champion or 10th degree black belt, uh, whatever, make up some stuff. And then basically they try to tell you that, try to convince you that they're really great. And usually they want to show you something or want to demonstrate something. And it's usually just complete waste of time. And the person's usually completely insane. And back in the old day, what happened at our gym and, you know, basically the old jujitsu um, way is like you get the lowest belt. You get the lowest belt guy and you have them fight him, basically. And, and usually that guy can take care of it. Usually that guy can handle it. And if he happens to beat the lowest guy, then maybe the next guy would come up. But, uh, you know, kind of when I first started out, that was kind of the thing. Some crazy guy would come in and I was like, you know, one of the newer guys there like 10 years ago, whatever, when I joined the jujitsu gym and it was like, all right, new guys in here, George, go ahead. And, you know, sometimes they try to punch you or you take them down, you, you know, submit them and, 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 and there you go. But we would always have them sign the waiver. You have, they have to have them sign the waiver of participation because that way it's not a legal, it's not like you can't get into legal trouble, you know? And obviously yeah. the last thing that you want to do is fight or hurt somebody, but sometimes they come in there so crazy. They come in there ready to fight. They get in your face and they say, I'm ready to do this. You know, I, I used to be this champion. I used to be this. I used to be that. So that's kind of the, the, the funny side. So you're asking me to have a good day today. Yeah, today was a great day. I didn't have to kick anybody's ass that didn't deserve it. <laughs> yeah, incredible. so that happens sometimes. People try to come up in, in a dojo and, and challenge or do some stuff, act stupid, you know. I can't wait for those videos to come out, George. Yeah, I have videos in here now. So we're going to have some... We're gonna have some nice footage. I wish I recorded I the guy that was here a few weeks ago. I didn't realize that still happened. I knew I know that that you, that that kind of stuff that used to happen like years ago, but I didn't I didn't realize I didn't realize that it still happens. That people well, still do that. Well, sometimes it's legit, right? Sometimes you'll have a legit martial artist challenge another legit martial artist, and that's legit. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Um, but. In some instances are like the guy's got no qualification. He's just crazy out of his mind. And in his mind, he thinks he's like a special warrior from whatever, you know, and they want to come in there and sometimes they just want to prove themselves or they just sometimes some people, they like getting hit. Some people just like, you know, a challenge. So there's been some people that come in there and just they want you to beat them up and they kind of like enjoy it. They really enjoy getting beat up. And if I'll say this, if they enjoy it too much, I charge extra. <laughs> you know, LOL. So, I was a never guy. a dull moment. Never a dull moment in, in this industry. Romy, how was your week? My week, uh, yeah, nothing. Uh, the only thing I would probably highlight from my week was that I went to the Mutant MMA. I went to Longo's okay. first. There were a bunch of guys in there getting ready for a fight. So That's I didn't awesome. want to I didn't want to interfere. They only they only let like the, everything from the front. You you look at the gym from the front, you'll think that uh you know it's been through an apocalypse, everything is just shut down. And then uh I went from the back. I saw uh, a 
the guy who runs the gym, Stephen Lee, he does the podcast with uh, Ray Longo. And I was yeah. like, hey, what's up, Stephen? How you doing? You know, Marab wasn't there. He's in Vegas still, I think. And uh, I was like, when when you guys think, you know, you will be opening up again? And he was like, I have no idea, man. We were losing so much money with this uh, shit. I hate that, man. I hate yeah. that. so unfair, the laws over where you guys are at. Yeah. Everything's closed still. Yeah, so, but, you know, because I've been training with in that gym for a while, I didn't want to go, like, to train somewhere it's else. Not a good, good, it's, not, it's not a good look to go go train somewhere else, but right now I don't have a choice. I need some training. I want, I want, I want to, you know, train a little bit at least. So I called, uh, I called up uh, Georgie, and I told him, listen, you mind if I come, come, come by today, train a little bit? And he was like, yeah, sure thing. We start at 730. It's going to be some, you know, we're going to have some sparrings and stuff. And I went there, and uh, – they had four round sparring. I did three. I was exhausted by th- third round. And, uh, nice. And, Way to uh, go, that's bro. it. Were you was wearing that? Uh, was it MMA sparring? Gonna, it was two rounds of kickboxing, two rounds of uh, MMA. Nice. Are you fully padded uh, on the knees too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you're yeah. supposed to. I, I don't wear headgear usually in sparring because uh, I don't think it's a good idea to wear headgear. I, I, I never like headgear i think your head becomes a bigger target and just yeah. i don't get it yeah you're exactly right rome there there's a lot of research yeah. and science behind that there's a, a lot more uh, head trauma when when uh, yeah in amateur Especially boxing when they wear heads when your head snaps back if you get hit and you you carry all this weight on your head it's it even worse it, it, it adds shakes your it. brain yeah. yeah other than the headgear the knee pads the shin guards mouthpiece yeah is Everything by the protocol. And how was it like training with uh, Georgie, man? You guys are the I same I, size, I, roughly, right? We are the same size, roughly. He's a, he's, a, he's a little thicker than me. Oh yeah. But uh, but uh, but I didn't I didn't I didn't spar him because I'm not stupid. <laughs> I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not I'm not one of those guys that Georgie was talking about. I know my limits, so. <laughs> Well, I feel like if you're respectful and, 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 you know, you should be able to train with anybody and uh, as long as there's a mutual respect and, and the control and stuff like that. And I will say some fighters, some fighters only have one, uh, one, one, one gear level, yeah. you know, for me, I pride myself in being able to um, have like technical sparring, very light sparring, but very technical uh, with anybody. And, and kind of put them put them in that environment in a safe kind of environment where I'm I'm touching them, but I'm not you know I'm not I'm not really hurting them you know and yeah. and, um, and so yeah but some people they go hard they only have one one mode man and and uh, yeah. so you got to be careful you got to be careful who you go against because you don't want to freaking you yeah. know lose Absolutely. a tooth I, break a nose or yeah first time I remember the first the very first time I went to sparring day on. That's usually it's Thursday at Longo's. I didn't know who was who and who did what and who did who did you know. So I went in there. You know, we switch partners every round. Uh, the sparring there goes. It's a hardcore sparring. It goes for like like a good hour. A little bit of warm up and that's it. You go in there, you dive in, and you switch partners every every four or five minutes. And I sparred. This, I started sparring this guy. Uh, he was about 190, 195 pounds. Just a lot bigger than me, about 60, 50, 50, 60 pounds. He had about 50 pounds on me at least. And uh, this guy went hard. I mean, this guy did not show me any mercy, like at all. Yeah. And I didn't want to, I didn't want to like quit and start crying like a bitch. I took it. But then after the, but my shoulder was really, really fucked up. And after the, after the spa- sparring, uh, I, I went to uh, Calvin Sterling, is uh, Aljo's cousin. A really good guy I, I talked to him we, we were kind of friends and uh i was like what's up with that guy man he almost killed me i'm like yeah nobody's that's why nobody spied it was like he saw you he didn't know who he was so he just picked you up so that nobody nobody sparks in fact you know zuka uh mirav's yeah. guy boy yeah yeah he, yeah he had a he had a fucked up knee he had to do a knee surgery yeah uh yeah. that happened with that guy he's been out for a while that happened with that guy. It turns wow. out. In training, got, like, nobody, nobody fucks with that guy. Yeah. In training, good, man. It's not, so not what? That, in training. And then just keeping him around anyway. That's fucked up. Yeah. No, it's just I. That, I one day I will finish the story. One day I see I see it's the same day sparring day and I see uh, 
Uh, see, Aljo's partying that guy, Sterling. Uh-huh. And, uh, <laughs> this is a lot of name. I realize, I realize this is a lot of name dropping, but that's just how the story goes. And then after the sparring, uh, I see Aljo just wrapping this fucking guy up in every position. He was doing triangle, <laughs> flying triangles on this guy. And then after the after the sparring, Aljo was Aljo was in the in the dressing room, and he was telling like like he came to me. He was like he was like you want to spar? And I was like, can you control yourself? And he goes, can you control yourself? Like I can control myself, but can you? And you know, at, at the end, he didn't control. He didn't control himself at the end. So Aljo had to kind of put him put it on him. Rob, Rob did it too. Rob saw when he fucked me up really bad, and he was like, "Are you hurt?" I'm like, "No, I'm good." I'm like, "I'm gonna go spar with him now," and I just sat down there and watched it. He was putting it on him. He's a good guy, but he just does not. He's clumsy in the sparring. He can't do that. He he could have injured me like real bad. He he's, yeah. a, he's a fucking lefty too. He's a southpaw. He yeah, cracked tricky. me in the nose. He's yeah. cra- he cracked me in the nose with a straight left, and he's big. I mean, I spar with southpaws. If you're my size, even if you're a pro, you. I'm a, I have this, uh, you know, concrete Georgian head. It's not going to hurt me easy, but <laughs> I can I can take some shots. But when you're 190 pounds or something yeah, like bro, that, yeah, I mean, come that. on, man. <laughs> Fuck that. No, I don't like that. I don't like that. And, as, and, and, you, and so as a trainer, as a coach, I'm very careful and I watch that. And if somebody's doing that, I don't like that, you know. And, and that's different if you have a separate pro training and, it's, you know, hard training, whatever. Yeah. Um, but then to bring, you know, somebody that, that's just looking for some not necessarily the hardest training. And then, you know, it's just there's some people, man. Some people don't have the control and some people aren't necessarily like as technical and they just kind of swing for the – they just go crazy. They just go crazy yeah. and swing for the fences. And, and so yeah. it's, un, it's unfortunate. Which, which um, could be a problem if you don't – you know, if you really don't if – if both of you are – like new at the sport and one is like kind of physically weak and has no technique. And the other one is also has no technique, but is, is strong and bigger. Yeah. You can crack the other guy oh, yeah. real bad. Very dangerous. I mean, we're talking mm-hmm. about, you know, breaking your jaw. We're talking about messing, nose. messing your nose up surgery. Yeah. You know, you could, it could really affect Concussion. your life. Exactly. Anything, I mean, this yeah. is very serious stuff. When you're talking about combat sports, first of all, just to train combat sports, it's a big, it's a big, you know, risk, and it takes a lot of guts, yeah. and it takes, it takes a lot of uh, courage to step onto whatever martial arts, like real martial arts, like Muay Thai, Jiu Jitsu, Judo, wrestling, boxing. You know, yep. those are like it takes, you know, a lot of courage to walk through those doors. So I commend you on that, Rome. You're you're, you're training with the pros, and just from seeing you shadow box Sometimes. and stuff, you actually do a great job. You move you move very well, and uh, thank it's you, great, man. I love it. I think that everybody should train martial arts, enjoy the mind. It's for everybody. Once you learn yeah. one, two, three, just because somebody's a professional fighter doesn't mean that there's not a, a technical way you could defend yourself against them. Yeah. You know, that's what I teach in my, in my self-defense. It's like, you know, I teach some of the original Gracie self-defense stuff. And, and, and uh, even with the Muay Thai, some of the things in Muay Thai that we do, like a 12, a 12 to six elbow, that's illegal. Yeah. There's a lot of techniques that are illegal in the illegal, UFC, yeah. illegal in MMA. So a lot of self-defense techniques that you could do to a, to a pro guy that would be considered illegal and, and be mm-hmm. able to survive and be able to win in altercation if it got to like a life or death kind of situation. Yeah. You know, I feel like everybody has got that, uh, the Joe Pesci, the Joe Pesci inside, you know? <laughs> like a, it's like, That's for you. What? That's for your fucking dog. <laughs> That's for you. That's for your fucking dog. <laughs> yeah, there's that one, and, and there's like, what am I? What am I funny to you? Am I funny? What kind of funny? What kind of funny am I to you? Yeah. Okay. What am I? Caught and use you? And then he get and he gets the pen. He gets the pen and stabs yeah, yeah. the guy in the throat stabs with the, the pen. And, yeah, yeah. And, that, and that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. It's like you gotta respect the martial arts. You gotta yeah. respect the jujitsu. You gotta respect the karate. But you also got to respect the crazy. Crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because, hey, we've seen uh, a lot of professional fighters and whatever things happen to them. Home invasion, like with Anthony Smith. Yeah. Home invasion happened to him and he had to wrestle, yeah. Him, yeah. wrestle some guy and couldn't, you know, couldn't finish him. And it was kind of a bad situation. And you would think, oh, UFC heavyweight, yeah. light heavyweight, somebody breaks into his house. You think he'd knock the guy out in one second, but it's not that easy. 
it's, it's a lot of a lot of factors. There are some tough bastards out there. Yeah, and and uh, you know what? And cocaine is a hell of a drug. Yeah, man. <laughs> that that too. That too. Some real life shit. That's some real life shit. Bro, you never wait, know even, what's gonna happen. Even when when you spar the pros, like I'm a. Uh, there's a lot of pros in there that you know. Especially, I'm I'm always honored uh, uh, when they ask me. Like uh, sometimes they don't have a partner. They still, well, they want to stay. They want to stay warm. They want to stay sweaty. They're like, come come on in, you know, come get in the cage. And I'm I'm always hesitant, of course, because like I said, I'm not stupid. But it's kind of I'm always kind of flattered when they do that. So I go in there, and you can't fucking be get cute with them. I mean, I'm I'm faster than most of those bigger guys because I'm naturally fat. I'm a fast guy. But uh, and I can crack them sometimes with the shots. But I never do that because you got to watch your shot because he can hurt you. You might be able to get off a couple of times, but then he's going to get mad. He's going to catch you and he's going to knock you the fuck out and you're going to get hospitalized. So you got to know, you got to know how to handle yourself in those situations. Dude. You can't yeah. get carried away. When the pro tells you, come, come spy with me a little bit. Let's move around. Let's, you know, you got to go light. Some guys, they don't know how to pull themselves back. They, they go over the board and they start yeah. landing shots. They shouldn't be landing. No doubt. And, uh, you know, I mean, you can go 50%, maybe 70 sometimes, but sometimes guys tend to go, you know, this guy, he's going to be relaxed. He's, he's not He's not trying to kill you, and he doesn't anticipate to get killed. He's just trying to move around, work on some technique, uh, but then you feel like you're hot shit, and you're going at him 100%, and you you, you, get kinda, you can make, make, make a guy angry with that. Yeah. And uh, it can backfire. You, you know that you guys heard? Have you guys heard that story by Michael Bisping about Carlos Condit when they went to uh, train with Navy SEALs somewhere, somewhere in uh, Middle East? I did East? watch that. I did watch that series or whatever. I'm trying to remember what he said. Bisping was talking about it when the day he gained with so much respect for Carlos it was uh, uh, they went to they they took him somewhere, probably somewhere in Afghanistan, to train with Navy SEALs. Navy SEALs are tough people, right? So. They took him there, and Carlos, you look at Carlos, he, didn't, he doesn't look like shit. I mean, he's a skinny, tall guy. You'd probably think, yeah, I could kick his ass if you're a big, big, tough guy, right? Especially if you're a Navy SEAL. So one guy, a heavyweight, picks out Carlos and goes, let's spar. Goes, you know, you want to spar? And he goes, yeah, sure. And uh, he goes, how hard do you want to spar? And Carlos goes, well, you got to give it to me as, as hard as you want to get it back. And the guy's, okay. Yeah. And so he cracks him, knocks him down. Carlos gets up, shakes his head, shakes it off, and then sets uh, sets it up with the one-two and the right high kick. Cracks him in the jaw with the right high kick, knocks him down. The guy is fucking out. <laughs> that, that was the whole story. So that that's what happens when you get cute with the pros, you know. Yeah. No, you're wow. right. There's an unwritten unwritten rule book, you know, yeah. and it's like a certain amount of respect that you have, you you know, yeah. and 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 and. Uh, Obviously, if you're training for a competition and it's like hard sparring and whatever, it's that, you know. But you, yeah, I think it's a, it's a case by case. It, it, it varies. And, and it, I think it's smart what you're doing. You talk to them, hey, what are we doing here? Is this, how much yeah. percent are we doing? Are we going 50%? Are we going 60%? You know, just having yeah. that conversation, it's a, it's a good thing to do because you want to know what you're getting yourself into, you know. Absolutely, yeah. So that's smart. That's smart that, that you're doing that. And you're getting some good yeah. training, man. That, that's awesome. Nah, nah, don't get me wrong. I've I've hit people and I've knocked them down, uh, in sparring that are new. They didn't know much. Like they know something, but they don't know that yeah. much. But you know that can happen. That those those and I've been dropped too by uh, better guys, more experienced professional guys. But it's a fucking accident. I mean, you can tell when it's an accident. Yeah, it happens. But, it happens. Yeah. Happens to the, to the best of us. You're listening to Fight Pod Georgia, weekly MMA podcast with the Cartwells. UFC Fight Night from last uh, this last Saturday, August twenty second. UFC Apex, Munoz versus Edgar. There's a lot of great fights on the card. Uh, we should what, probably what, what, start with the main event, right? Sure, sure. Is that yeah. does that stand out to you guys? Uh, the most out of out of all the fights this weekend yeah absolutely yeah to me personally yeah i mean i couldn't believe how good that fight was i enjoyed uh i enjoyed the the hell out of that fight i got a lot of thoughts in my mind on that fight that's i mean that's one of the reasons 
I respect Frankie Edgar so much because uh, this guy put. I mean, he doesn't slow down. I've never I love his pace. Down in a fight. He's got he's got yeah. such a, such a great pace, you know. And and at this point, obviously yeah. a, le a legend in the sport. Um, mm -hmm. But you got to really. He's just got an amazing. He's kind of one of those guys, kind of like I wouldn't say as fast as Marab, and it kind of as as fast as as Marab. But he's he's one of those guys that's constantly moving and constantly putting. Putting, putting the pressure like that and, and uh and his boxing man is i just i love his boxing and the way he mixes yeah. up his boxing with 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 the grappling and um and even in this even in this last fight what was it the takedowns that he got what was it he got two out of two the takedowns, takedowns. Yeah. He, he went for eight takedowns and obviously pedro munoz you know was fighting for you know obviously really really tough guy frankie was uh Frankie never fought like a wrestler. If you can even, if you look back, even in the like earlier yeah, days, look at he he would mix it up. He would fake the takedowns and then come up with a three piece combinations. Yeah, and that's how we always fought. Remember, he did it the first fight. He did it was it uh, against Sean Shirk, and I didn't think he was gonna beat Sean. Sean Shirk was a huge guy. I mean, he fought at welterweight. This Frankie was uh, the smallest lightweight light light uh, lightweight fighter I've ever seen in the UFC. And he, he kept faking the takedowns. Came, uh, you know, he kept coming up with the combinations. And Sean Shirk, by the second round, Sean Shirk didn't know what to, you know, what the hell to do. Defend the takedown or defend the striking. He didn't know what to do. And he still fights like that. I think I, I that. thought he, he I thought he lost the fight. To be honest with you, even though I was rooting for him and I had money on him. You guys saw my lineup. I had uh, Frankie and Dobson. <laughs> I won four hundred dollars with uh, fucking twenty bucks. That's great, bro. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. But, uh, but, uh, <clears throat> but yeah, I thought he lost. Uh, I thought he would. Uh, I mean, it was a very close fight. But I yeah, thought it was a split, give it to split decision, it was split. right? Split decision. As split as it gets, yeah. But Frankie always fights like that. It's, I mean, except except from like uh, two or three fights, he's always like that. He always he always has close fights, and uh, but he always ends up, you know, pulling pulling the W. But imagine the only thought I had constantly in my mind while the fight was going on was imagine how good how much greater as great as it is how much greater his career would have been if he had fought at bantamweight where he belongs yeah his whole career man i mean he yeah, looked that's, that's finally he looked he looked like he was in a fair fucking fight yeah first time ever i saw him in a fight where the other guy was not twice as big as him yeah, always kind of fighting at that at that disadvantage with with uh yeah with larger physically larger opponents, you know, and yeah. and uh, and now you know Frankie was coming off a loss against uh, Chan Soon Jung, uh, yeah. you know T TKO punches in the first round, which was kind of a shocker, you know. I don't think anybody expected that. Um, yeah. And then previous to that, he well, fought Max Max Holloway, yeah, and 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 lost uh, a decision to Max Holloway. And that was in 2019. Yeah, um, that was a better fight, but against Korean Zombie, uh, that was yeah, a rough yeah. one, man. That was a rough yeah. one. But Max Holloway fight—that was a decent fight, man. Come on, that was I a mean, decent fight. Not to be Dom, a smartass. Not to be a smartass, but I wasn't too surprised when he lost to Korean Zombie. Korean Zombie, yeah, yeah. and to go to Korea, man, Is and it was a last minute. Yeah, that was last minute fight. It was a last yeah, minute man. fight, right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And previous to that, he, he had a win over Cub Swanson in 2018. And before that, he lost to Brian Ortega. Um, TKO as well. Yeah, 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 it was a KO. KO with punches. That was, the, that was the first time he has ever been finished, by the way. Was it that? Against I think Brian. it was the uppercut. Uh, Ortega threw uppercut. like a great uppercut. He caught him with an uppercut, yeah. Amazing uppercut. That was like phantom uppercut. Amazing That's uppercut. exactly why I was worried for him against Munoz, man. After seeing the Korean zombie fight and he's coming down to bantamweight and being, I mean, I thought Munoz was going to knock him out, man. Boy, I was wrong. That, I hear what you're saying, but the thing is, first of all, Munoz, I, we didn't get to break down those fights in details like I like we like to. I love breaking down fights before the before they happen because a lot of times uh, lately, because I've been watching and trying to uh, break down, trying to become better at breaking down fights. Uh, I kind of I'm kind of getting better at it, but and I love doing it. Munoz always loads up on his right hand. That's one. He's like kind of like Cody Garbrandt in that regard. Like Cody loads up on his right hand a lot. Munoz, and it, you know, it's not going to be easy to knock somebody up, 
knock somebody out like Frankie Edgar with a with the one punch when you load up like that. That's one. And second, Frank has been taking punches from bigger, bigger, much bigger guys his whole career. So yeah, I wasn't really worried about him getting knocked out. I was more worried about guillotine, but that didn't happen. So because I thought maybe he'll shoot for the takedown, and Munoz has a really sick guillotine. Yeah, that's what I was worried about. But it didn't happen, which you know, I was happy to see that. Yeah, uh, Munoz now on his uh, second loss, uh, previous loss to Aljamain Sterling. Um, yeah, you know, that was by 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 decision uh, back in t- uh, June. Yeah, U- unanimous. June, yeah, twenty nineteen. So uh, uh, Aljo then, put it on him. Yeah, and then I mean, and then pre- you know, previous to that, Pedro has a win over Cody Garbrandt. Um, Brian Caraway yeah, knocked him out. Knocked him out, right? Um, Cody Garbrandt, Cody. Yeah, TKO, yeah, TKO punches. Yeah. That was impressive. Yeah. That was very impressive. Yeah. So no, Munoz is good. I don't, I don't, I don't want him. Uh, I don't want to see him go too far from uh, top five. I think he, they should maybe knock him down to six because he's definitely a top five material in my eyes. The Frankie thing, he, this is uh, temporary because Frankie's like what thirty nine almost. He's probably maybe has another year or so left. Munoz has still got, you know, a, a good three, four years ahead of him. So I want to see that guy in the mix. I would love to see him against anybody in the top 10, in the top five. Even even if he fought Marab, I wouldn't mind seeing it. It would be mm-hmm. interesting to see. Yeah. No doubt. Absolutely. Absolutely. Marab should be looking to fight guys like that, man. And Here, here's think- what brings me joy. I'm sorry to interrupt. Here's what brings me joy. We can we finally have a Georgian contender that we can legitimate, legitimately discuss his fights and his fighting chances against the top 10 guys. And that's a great fucking feeling. Finally, this day has come. And, uh, you know, thank you, Marab, for that. And thank you, so, Longo. Yeah, I, I, I'm right there with you, man. I mean, it's, uh, you know, I think when I first moved to the U.S., it was always kind of like this um, – you know, kind of feeling of being alone, loneliness. Kind of like I'm the only one here. You know, kind of you're telling like me, Sonny boy, <laughs> being being like the minority. You know, and especially yeah. where I moved, kind of Dallas, Texas, at the time, any Georgians at all. I know in New York, there's a concentration of Georgians in New York and yeah. in different areas. You know, and and so I always kind of felt, you know, kind of something was missing. But over the years yeah. now, it's growing and growing, and and uh, I love it, man. It's kind of a dream come true to to see the Georgians. Uh, you know, participating in the, in the MMA and growing and and um, and to reach these these big accomplishments and climbing the ranks, it's, it's getting serious yeah. for Marab, and he's going to be tested, you know, more and more so as he climbs the ranks. And he's the, I think he's the man for the job. You know, he's he's like nonstop, yeah, nonstop, yeah, yeah. work ethic and commitment. That's what it takes. You know, it's yeah, it's much more that's what than it takes. talent. It's it's much more than talent. It's it's like wanting it more than you want to breathe. It's, you know what I'm saying? And, and so, and you see that, you see that with Marab, you see his yeah. level of commitment to his training. And like you said, they got to kick him out of the gym. Uh, you know, the guy doesn't know, he doesn't know when to stop. And, and that's yeah. what a champion, you know, it takes to be a champ. That's what a champion is made up of is that, you know, unwillingness to stop or, or give up. Um, yeah. So yeah that, that's awesome. No, you're he's lucky, made you're for, lucky that you're so close. for this shit over there it's a nice yeah nice environment i am i am yeah very much so well obviously today we're concentrating on giga versus caceres that's uh, yeah that's the next fight coming up right on the Smith versus Rakic card, <laughs> and uh, the co-main is really good. Uh, it's uh, Magni versus Robbie Lawler, who makes his return. Yeah. And another great fight that everyone's anticipating is uh, Magomed Ankalaya versus Ion Kuteleba. And uh, those are good Kutalaba. fights to Kutalaba, yeah. And those are fights yeah. to definitely touch up. Yeah, one. Giga Chikata versus uh, Alex Caceres. Lee, Bruce Leroy, that's got to be a beautiful stand-up fight, in my opinion. I'm sure you'd agree, George. Uh, no doubt. I mean, we have, uh, you know, two of kind of like 
you know, the spirit of martial arts is strong in both of these guys. Both, both of them, you know, kind of like karate, traditional martial arts background, karate uh, for Giga, I think uh, you could see the stance, the similarity in, in, in Caceres. He's got a, a karate taekwondo, uh, or, or, or should we say jukundo, 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 uh, yeah style which you know bruce lee popularized that and you do see some of that with caceres he's got a fusion style obviously kind of uh you know mma style mixing it up between the uh, jeet kune do and then you got his karate and taekwondo style kicks and then you have giga who's obviously you know a karate world champion a very like karate based fighter but yeah who was trained in the netherlands with some of the best kickboxers and muay thai fighters as well so giga's not your typical karate fighter you know he's very he's very he's very dynamic in his kickboxing ability and how to deal with a, a muay thai guy or how to deal with like a dutch kickboxer he's he's showed that he can kind of handle all these different styles and and now here's a true test for giga he's fighting a very notable fighter a veteran a guy that i think caceres has had more fights he's, he's like one of those guys has had more fights than anybody else inside the octagon you know, so this is going to be, I definitely agree, this is going to be like a stand-up uh, war. But if Caceres is smart, his, his game plan would be to, to take Giga to the ground because Caceres does have a, a pretty good ground game. And uh, I think that knowing his camp and knowing his coaches and stuff like that, actually they're in South Florida. He started out in South Florida. His brother uh, still trains here in South Florida and Miami out of the uh, freestyle fighting um, um, I'm confusing the gyms there. The um, uh, down in in, uh, in Miami, they they train together. Uh, Soul Fighters, the Soul Fighters gym, confuse the name there. But uh, it's it's a great gym, and that's kind of where he started. And now Caceres has traveled and trained all over the United States. He's trained with some of the best teams in Arizona, in California. So Caceres has really been around, and he's got a depth of knowledge in the MMA. He is truly I would say well-rounded, you know, and that he is also a, a great grappler and submission artist as well. So this is going to be a tall order, uh, you know, for Giga. But I think that, I think he's, he's going to be ready to take this challenge. The names that he's fought, you got to have to scroll a long way down, my friend. A long <laughs> yes. way down. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> he's fought some names from Uriah Faber to Jason Knight, Chrome uh, Gracie, and... Yaya Rodriguez, I mean, yeah. that's some quality opponents. But I think Giga has a very good day. I think, uh, first of all, wasn't Giga a glory champion? Glory back in those days were, was a kickboxing equivalent to uh, the UFC pretty much. Not Muay Thai, but kickboxing equivalent of the UFC in, uh, in MMA. So that was, the, uh, that was the top organization. Well, still uh, in is. The world. Yeah, they're still still Florida probably still is. Strong. Yeah, they're still going yeah. strong. They're doing they're doing great. Probably best, is, yeah. Best kickboxers so, in the world. Yeah, absolutely. So to win the belt in there, of course, that tells you a lot about the person. And also, if this fight ends up being a stand-up battle, which it promises to be, because I don't think Casares is gonna have an easy time taking Giga down. What even if he does holding him down there? Because I know Giga, he's been working, working on his. Oh my God! It's he can so tell much. from every fight. Yeah, he's been because I saw him the first time I saw Giga fight in the MMA. Mm -hmm. I see I seen his fights before in the in Glory, but when I saw him the first time, uh, his first time, uh, first fight in the MMA was in Contender Series. Remember, he, he if you guys yes. remember, he lost. But but he had a that he was fighting a legit wrestler. That guy was a short, stocky guy, and he had a hard time getting up. But then when he actually entered the UFC, uh, and uh, I, I saw I, I saw the difference. I saw how much he had been working on the takedown defense. Yeah, it was so, incredible. No doubt. Incredible. So as much yeah. as much as uh, is a you know is a vet, no no doubt. He's got some uh, you know he's he's fought some you know who's who pretty much as they say. But if it, if it ends up on a on, a, on the feet, I mean, if you look at his past opponents in the UFC, even the legends like Uriah Faber and so on and so on, none of them have uh, credentials in striking like Giga does. I mean, say what you want, but it's just a fact. <clears throat> so 
I mean, if it's uh, if he's able to keep this thing standing, I see uh, I see the finish. I see maybe a liver shot. The Giga, the Giga yeah. kick. The Giga the famous, kick. The, 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 the left uh, kick. Liver the kick. left kick to the liver. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he catches him with the liver. Um, I mean, if he, if, he, if, he, if he goes for a sloppy takedown, he could catch a knee too. And he, Giga's, he, Giga's timing on those knees, you saw that in the last fight, man. He, every time he, uh, he, uh, uh, he went for a flying knee, he connected. It's not, you know... Nobody's fault that the fucking opponent was uh, tough as nails. He just wouldn't go down. But uh, yeah, not everybody can take those knees. Maybe very few people in the world can take those knees. So yeah, He's talking about Rivera, yeah, Irvin Rivera, George. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, we're very biased when we talk about our guys. But that's that's what this podcast is all about. It's about supporting our boys, right? First and foremost. So yeah, I think uh, I think it's a good. I was telling, uh, remember George, I told you this before. I, I was telling George uh, the fact that they gave uh, Giga the fight against, they could have given him anybody, but they gave him Caceres. So if you look at Caceres' build, his fight, fighting style, this tells me that UFC is kind of ab abstractly telling Giga, listen, if you show us something in this fight, something special, we are ready to, oh. Oh, yeah. to get behind you because yeah. this An opponent is tailor-made for yeah. Giga. Yeah, to look it's good, to look good against. Yeah, they they're yeah. giving him a good opportunity here. If he jumps on it, man, that could that could turn into something else, something bigger. I think one one interesting thing is I don't have the reach the reach data, but Caceres is five nine, and Giga six foot. So we already yeah. have a few a few inches, you know, in in height. And not a big difference. I remember George. Not a huge difference. Slight, but, slight, slight. Um, slight for Giga, but not not that. It's the game of inches, my friend. Let me tell you something. That's not what she said. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys oh, always uh, leave me satisfied and laughing. That's what she said. <laughs> inch can make a difference, but you know sometimes it's how you use that inch. So. It's, it's, it's like, like, you, like, the, like a great man said uh, once, uh, it's not about the size of the sword. It's about how well you can use it. There you go. Right. Well, in, in that case, Giga is going to have multiple swords coming at Caceres. Yeah. And, and so Caceres still better talking? be ready. Yeah, listen, listen. So talking? let's wrap up. Listen, let's wrap up with Giga, <laughs> yeah? And I just want to say that yeah. right now, this is the only fight Giga's ever had in the UFC. Well, he's about to have, hopefully, everything goes well, that he had a full camp for, and he's yeah. right. Yes, he's true. He's talking about wanting to have a full camp and always being ready for an opponent. Bro, I wanted to mention his get-up, his outfit uh, after the last fight when he yeah. won. I, I loved his fucking outfit. That guy has fucking style, man. You talking about Leroy? That, oh. Homeboy has style. No, Giga. He he was wearing he he was wearing the beanie like a Leon style from oh, the, like professional. the professional. Yes, Jesus. I loved it, man. I loved it so much. I was like, that's. I mean, that we need to, we need to get this guy a press conference and let him talk and you know show off his charisma because he he's got one, man. I liked it. I think the way he did a good press conference. Did you did you watch it after that uh, after his last fight? I think he did a, he did actually a little. He did a post fight, which is not exactly that they do it like before they hit the showers in the Reebok kits. Yeah, didn't he sit down with it at the table there? I was trying to remember. I yeah, I remember yeah, yeah. Sitting at the it was table. like a right after the fight. Yeah, yeah. So he's little by little, you know. Yeah. Those those press little. conference, man, they're 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 very important. People watch those things. And uh, no doubt, now important. now that uh, there's the ESPN deal. Also, what's yeah. happening is the UFC is being elevated in, in, yeah. the, in the sports world because with this ESPN contract, now that's the highest level of sports and broadcasting yeah. and, and, and everything. So you actually see kind of like the growth of the UFC and then, you know, and, and then obviously our guys coming in there at yeah. the, kind of like the great opportunity, mm -hmm. you know, at the perfect time coming into the organization where it's really starting to take off. Yeah. And, uh, and being a being being a household name in sports. Do you remember uh, they how they used to do those press conferences? They would sit everybody down side by side, 
like 12, 15 people. That was the best, and, man. Uh, that was the best footage you'd ever watch, man. It's like was, different guys good. going at it from different categories. Yeah. You know, it, it was, <laughs> well, that was awesome. Like that's, that's when uh, Connor made that fucking phrase famous, man. Who the fuck is yeah. that guy? <laughs> Everyone's going at it. Yeah, those are going to be back when, when shit goes back to normal, right? Uh, no, they, they stop. They only do like when it's like a big announcement, they, they, when they have like a few big fights to announce a few big cards, they do it like that. But mostly that used to be the case before and after every fight, they would sit everybody down before the fights, after the fights. Now they do one by one. They, they give every guy a separate platform after the fight now. Some reason they just they changed that, the format. That's because and of White, what happened with the fucking coronavirus. But when shit goes back to normal, they no, definitely no, 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 no. bring that it was, back. No, no, no. That was before Corona. They started doing it way before Corona. And I remember Dana used to do a post-fight press conference. He would host it, kind of. He would be like kind of in the middle, and then he would do a post-fight scrums with the media. He would let everybody go. All the fighters would take off, and he would yeah. stay. And then yeah. he would do the post-fight scrums, and that was a must-see TV, man. He, that was so I, – I would never I, – I, I remember I would never miss it. And then he stopped doing it. for I think he, maybe somebody told him that it wasn't, was not a good idea anymore because he, he used to curse a lot, piss everybody shit or shit on people a lot, and, you know, piss a lot of people off. Maybe they told him it's not a good look for you anymore now that we're famous, <laughs> so he stopped doing it. But it was a that was must-see TV, man. You tune into the Cartwellians on the Fight Hard Podcast. Fight Hard, yeah. So let's talk about the main dogs on the card, guys. I mean, our main dog is Giga, but the main event, Anthony Smith. Uh, he lost a bad one. Uh, his teeth fell out. I'm talking about Anthony Smith, Smith. against Tashira. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that when was he lost uh, his teeth. man. That was a. Uh, Tough match, man. The big thing about was, the referee uh, not stopping the fight and letting yeah, him carry yeah. on. Uh, dude, have you seen uh, how Rakic knocked out Jimmy Manua, man? We're definitely talking about a banger in, in, in this fight here. It's, uh, you know, these heavyweights, they know how to throw a punch. And uh, I think somebody might be going to sleep. He was kicking Tashira's ass for a good two rounds or, or maybe more. But then something happened. Maybe not, not, not. Maybe bad training camps. I think, I think of Lions, uh, Lionheart, uh, the Anthony Smith, in a very high regard. I think uh, I was very surprised that that happened. But I think he's got this one. I think he hit the gas too much. That's what happened. But how gangster is he, though? How gangster is he? he? Picked his own teeth up in the middle of the fight and handed to a referee. That was fucking insane, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that guy's a gangster, man. That guy, he's not, he's not, they don't call him Lionheart for no reason. He does, he, he, he's got balls. So man. how much do you guys know about Alexander Rakic? Well, well, let me tell you something. Okay, what I see right there is that he's the, he's the number eight light heavyweight division. He's the number eight ranked. Okay. So professional since 2011. Okay. He's uh, obviously from Austria. Austria. Uh, he's a Serbian, in fact, is what I know. A Serbian uh, fighting in, uh, living in Austria. Okay. okay. You know, okay. You, you went in, into it a little deeper than I did. I he's just, a, I'm he's an Serbian. orthodox man. We all got to know who we are. You know you what know, I'm saying? You know, you know, no, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, I agree. But, you know, we're talking about the guy. He's, he's a purple belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Um, you know, He's, he's more he's the kickboxing uh, kickboxing boxing kind of guy I mean the European European fighters have a certain style with their kickboxing you know the European kickboxing style you know, there's there's certain things that they do certain things that they uh, uh, certain combinations and certain ways they fight you know that I yeah. think is, is very competitive and it and, and usually in the striking department they they have the upper hand they're 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 the way they're able to uh it's just really strong kickboxing culture and training systems that, that have been in in, in europe and the dutch and, system the dutch system right and, and yeah. so um you know sometimes it could be more refined and sharper transitioning into that mma you know 
And sometimes the, yeah. like we talked about Giga, for instance, you know, amazing striking at a completely another level than yeah. most of the fighters that are, that are you know, even in the UFC, you know, it's there's yeah. different levels yeah. of, of striking. And, and so this is where I think that Anthony Smith has got to be really careful. Um, you know, look at the KO, look at the KO percent rate by, you know, can't pronounce it. Yeah. Rakic? Rakic. Rakic. But the thing is, he, he goes crazy in the beginning of the fight. He goes crazy. He, well, as far as I've seen it, I mean, I've never seen him fight calculated. He goes like 100%. He goes like yeah. bad out of hell right away. And then if he can't finish you, I don't know what's going to happen down the road. Maybe he guesses. Maybe, you know, yeah. because you're not going to, you know, it's not going to be easy finishing Anthony Smith in, in the first round. I can tell you that for sure. I mean, anything can happen, but. Yeah, I think it's but, one of those uh, things. Sometimes we have to see how he does coming back off of that loss um, yeah. against Glover. You know, sometimes psychologically you lose and it changes you a little bit. You, you come back kind of like slightly, potentially a different fighter. You know, maybe you're going to behave different. Sometimes it could be, it could give you that extra energy and extra yeah. uh, willpower. Yeah. Sometimes it could have the opposite effect. Sometimes it could make you more attentive and more careful and, 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 and kind of take away kind of like that uh you know that intensity or the, the you know the veracity. I think Anthony's fine psychologically right now he seemed fine when I saw his thing the other day uh I think uh, the the question that I have is how 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 was his recovery physically cuz he took a lot of punches a lot of unneeded un uh unnecessary damage a lot damage of damage he took fight. there yeah a lot of damage there you go because psychologically I, yeah, a lot of physical damage because psychologically, if anything, he should be elevated because he, everybody was talking about what a bad motherfucker he is, and that that's gotta elevate you and kind of lift you up psychologically. He, he's probably even better, but if if the chin is gone and it's gone, there's, there's nothing you can do with it. That's why Chuck Liddell doesn't fight anymore. Well, other than being old, yeah, <laughs> but no, you, you get the point. Do you remember you get the that point, match, right? uh, Anthony? Uh, the Lionheart never went out, right? You got stopped, but no, he didn't. No. He didn't go out. It was a TKO. Sometimes, it was sometimes a TKO. it's better to go out because then you the, the damage stops, and then you recover. What do you think is worse, George? Fight. Like going out or not going out and taking the punches? Um, both can both are obviously bad. You know, I, if, yeah. you, if you could, if you I could avoid going those, out <laughs> then, 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 then you're good. Definitely going out is worse, man. It has to be. Uh, not, not always. Not always. Well, it depends on if you're Sometimes you know, it is. Su successfully blocking, blocking the, the majority of the heavy shots. If you're able to defend and block them, if you go out, that's it. You obviously got caught. If you're able to defend and, yeah. and, and continue fighting and, and then uh, figure out, figure out another way to win or get to that next round. And get back to your corner, and your corner will tell you, "Hey, this is you change your game plan. You need to do this, this, and this." So I, I think that obviously, if you keep going, I think no fighter wants the fight to end. They want every opportunity, you know, to to win the fight. And at the end of the day, as a coach and as a uh, fighter, obviously, you don't want to take the damage. You want to take thing, as little damage as possible. For real, that's why I like Marab's last fight. And one thing I want to say about this fight before we we should move on to the next one is that it's it's a main event, but it's only a three-round main event, so you have to consider that. You know, yeah, the strategy yeah, changes. Yeah, the strategy changes. That, when that, it's that's a, a little better for Rakic. Yeah, he's gonna push a little harder. This guy, Rakic. Yeah, I think it's, yeah. it's suiting Smith because Smith wanted to have a three-rounder. Actually, it wasn't Rakic's no, it was, call. I think it was Smith. Yeah, it was. I think it was both of their calls. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Uh, I would think Rakic uh, three round it plays right into Rakic's hand at this point. Well, this so, is a fight definitely yeah. not to miss, and I know we're gonna, yeah. we're gonna, we all gonna be in there for this. It's one, a great man. card. It's a for great really? card. Man. On that one, guys, who do you uh, who do you have uh, Rome on that on that fight main fight? Who do you have? I still have a lot of faith in Anthony, given his uh, experience. He's, uh, he's fought John Jones in a title fight. He's been main event. He's a he's a main event fighter. He's been there that way for a while. He 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 fought the best. He definitely has a better resume for now, and he's got a better jujitsu. Smith is the underdog, and and typically, analysts 
make those, uh, you know, make those bets and, and set up those bets. And so if, if they have uh, Rakic as, as the favorite, they're, they're looking at a lot of statistics having to do with uh, performance and, and, and uh, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of factors that go into it. You know, so that's really interesting that they would actually, you know, make him the favorite. That leads me to believe that he's just had like a, a crazy run in the UFC. If we look at his recent fights, I mean, he, he's yeah. got a, a loss to Vulcan Ozdemir, uh, who's actually fighting out of South Florida. Vulcan is fighting yeah. out of here, or was at least. They went all the way. Decision. So he can go yeah. all the way. Yeah. He can fight yeah, it, it up. Was, it, was, it was a split decision. It was a split decision. <clears throat> and uh, so that was a close fight. Um, you know, and he's been working his way through the, I mean, he's before that he was on like, what is it? Eight fights or nine fights. The guy was pretty much, that was his first loss. And then before then he was one, two, three, four, five, no, six, he's got, seven, He's got eight, some losses at middleweight. He was a middleweight nine. before. Well, I'm saying he was on a nine fit, nine fight winning streak. Yeah. Before the title. Yeah. He had the title set after that now. You know, so we're talking about when you have a nine fight winning streak, that's uh, that's, that's good strong. and bad. That's very strong. Yeah. I think nine fight winning streak is really good. <laughs> what oh, you mean good and bad? <laughs> it's good and bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you why if you want to know. Because <laughs> because he didn't he he fought all the top guys, you know, and he uh he didn't he didn't, he didn't win those fights easy. You know what I mean, homie? <laughs> So, no, but I, you have to admit, nine I, fight win streak is good. Dog. I mean, if you're happy, you are twenty fucking no, seven okay. fight win streak. No, 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 no. Let me. Okay, answer me this then: which is better, two tanks or one tank? Uh, the fucking uh, invincibility, what, 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 fucking invincibility. No, 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 no. Fucking... Stay on point. Stay on point. Which is better, two tanks or one tank? Who's, who's staying on point? Rimilis Bicevic in a house. Rimilis Bicevic in a house. Yeah, that's a good move. Listen, it depends on the tank, where it was made and so on. But yes, I get your point. I get your point. Listen. Uh, let's just uh, have a laugh. Experience. It, it comes down. It obviously, it comes down to the experience. Um, Anthony's got more experience, but I think the fact that he's got uh, some losses on his record most recently, I think that's why he's most likely considered the underdog in the situation. Even though he's ranked, he's ranked higher. Uh, yeah. I think what, three or four. Yeah. Yeah. He's five. He's he's ranked five, and uh, I think for that reason. They're they're looking at Rasik as 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 Rakic or whatever. Rakic, yeah, Rakic, <laughs> and as uh, yeah. as the guy to potentially take his plus place, you know, take a spot. It's gonna be an interesting fight. Uh, that's for sure. Right? It's gonna be very good fight. Very good fight. So and so is gonna be Lawler versus Magny. I mean, we I I haven't seen Robbie Lawler in forever, and I I miss him to be honest. Like Robbie is one of those guys that. It always gets you excited because you you know it's a guarantee it's gonna be violence, like legit and, violence. And the thing with him is like obviously he's been fighting so long. Robbie Lawler, God bless the guy. Yeah. I mean, amazing fighter, just such a long career. And uh, but but most recently, I mean, we're talking about coming off of three losses in a row. Uh, first yeah. one there, 2017, Rafael dos Anjos, then took a little layoff. Uh, you know, 2019, he lost to Ben Askren, uh, that, was a, yeah, a bulldog, yeah. that bulldog choke, yeah. that wrestling choke, which is very, but weird. he didn't take, he didn't take no damage in that fight, which is good. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then we have a decision, uh, loss to Kobe Covington. So, you know, that was he, a bad one. He's obviously, you know, we know his history. The guy was so dominant, you know, was just taking guys heads yeah. off and it's now he's kind of taking a turn in his career. Here's here's kind of another opportunity for him to show that you know he's still here that he still belongs here. Um, yeah. You know this is this is really his opportunity to, to I think stay in the UFC. I don't know what his contract is looking like, how many fights he has left, or whatever. But you know after three losses in a row, if you have another fourth loss, 
typically the UFC is already looking for. Uh, typically, typically, you know? yeah. But it's Robbie Lawler, man. Nobody's gonna cut Robbie Lawler at this point. I mean, they're gonna. Dan is probably gonna tell him, "Listen, I'm gonna give you. Let's do a one last fight, and then you gotta walk away." They, yeah. they, they don't, they don't cut legends like that. Just like regular fighters, they just they. they no, you're right. Like he maybe, maybe he's got another couple. He maybe he's got another yeah. couple. I don't no, think Robbie ahead. should get cut. I mean, he just went. He, yeah, he did get. He did lose uh, a clear decision to Colby, but. So what, you know, Colby's, he's the top, he's the top dog. And the loss against Askren, that was questionable because he wasn't out. Here's the thing, man. Yeah, that was, that was questionable call. Oh, that was bullshit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but we got to talk about thing. Magny too. Yeah, go ahead. Magny, I was going to say, Magny is, nobody talks about Magny ever, but that guy is so good. That guy I was is so, so talented. impressed when he fought. Li Jingliang, because I keep my eye on the Chinese fighters, you know, representing yeah. I was really impressed. I was really impressed in that fight, man. What a fight, man. I thought he was going to finish him. Did you see that? He doesn't have many finishes, but that fight, man, they were going at it. So, speaking of Neil Magny, the Haitian sensation, uh, you know, another guy with, you know, racking up time in the UFC. He's been he's been with the, the promotion for, for some time now, and he's yep. and he's coming off of two wins, like you had mentioned. Uh, uh, Gio, his, his his win against Jing, I can't even see you. Probably you have Li Jing Liang, Li Jing Liang, the leech, Li Jing Liang, Li Jing Liang, the leech man. Yeah, the leech. Yeah, he's he's crazy well, good. He, he got a decision. He got a unanimous decision win against him, and then and then got another unanimous decision win most recently. In June, against uh, Anthony Rocco Martin. I don't remember yeah, that uh, fight. Do you remember that fight? Nah, yeah. I, yeah, yeah, I, I do. you know, I watched it obviously, but I don't really remember uh, all the the nuances of it. But um, it was a what, typical what? Magny fight. Listen, you were talking about fight. Carlos Con Condit, right? He fought. No, no, no. That was a while ago. He, he, he was supposed to fight. Did he fight Magny? Yes. He yeah. fought, yeah. Carlson Magny fought a while ago, man. It was what happened in that fight. He he unanimous Magny decision. Won. Magny won unanimous decision. Yeah. He oh. took him down a bunch of times, controlled him a lot. Yeah. And plus, Magny is from Brooklyn. He's a homeboy, so I'm torn on this one. I like both of those guys. Yeah, Romy, where is he training, man? I think he trains on the West Coast, though. I don't think he trains out here. Ah, uh, yeah. I remember him training further west. I forget where. Maybe, exactly. maybe I think he trains in Denver. I think so. I'm not sure, but I don't. I I know he doesn't train out here in Brooklyn because I've. I he doesn't train in Brooklyn. That's for sure because there's only one uh, uh, legit MMA gym for now in Brooklyn. It's uh, Brooklyn Mixed Martial Arts, and it's it's building up. And Law MMA is in Long Island. He's yeah, not Long there, Island. obviously. Yeah. And um, then Henzo's gym. He's not there either. So. I beat you, but Jimmy Dromoli though. All right, yeah. Listen, uh, we let's wrap up, man. It was a great, great fucking show, guys. Let's give this uh, content to uh, really true Georgian MMA fans. Not just them, but it's pri primarily it's for them, obviously, and then for everybody else. So, our fellow countrymen, uh, let's uh, let's watch our content. Subscribe when this comes out. Give it a thumbs up. Leave the comment. Leave questions if you guys want. Right, guys, help me out here. Yeah, man. Respect the bad man. You get me? There you go. <laughs> no, I like it. I like it. You know, the direction of the show is a lot of ways to take the show. I think yeah. uh, it is a great idea to kind of give the Georgian fans a home somewhere. Uh, Absolutely. A, a kind of a, a gateway, a gateway yeah. into uh, everything. And, you know, you guys have a contact out here in South Florida. Romy's covering New York. And then we got Gio out there in Beijing, China. So we're able to really tap into the different markets uh, and, and the different kind of circuits of, of, of the MMA and, and kind of give you guys the real Cartvelian feedback. Great. It's going to get better. We just uh, just make sure you cut this. I mean, Jos. Omar. Jos. Omar. Jos. Fight. Ah. Let you know what's live and direct.